two locks and a cox. From Denham's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the Friendly Against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Welcome to episode 25 of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, the Jason Statham of Rugby Union, Ian Dunstan, and no Sarah Cox. We have two special guests on announce in a moment. On the field, the women beat Sale, the men lose at Sarries and a local rugby roundup, followed by Statman. Off the field, Six Nations squads, and in the bin, it's the hijack. <laughs> We've got Claudia McDonald and Clee Maloney, who between them, Anthony and Ian, have 60 international rugby caps. Two Locks and a Cox. From Denham's Radio X. Kapow, episode 25, we've made it. Yeah, so uh, why are you Jason Statham? Because well, I'm the uh, transporter. With Tomorrow night we've got the do at Winslade Manor with uh, John Barkley. And, and, and John Bentley. And, and John Bentley. I was about to say that, and the real, original Bentos. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Trev. we're going to have a Bentos off, whether you know it or not. We've got Budget Bentley, if you buy him from Wish, Christopher, and the real John Bentley, the original. That's terrible banter it's true though so so we haven't got the dame of the realm uh lady sarah cox but we've we've replaced her with two absolute superstars uh clee it's clee maloney i keep, I keep wanting to say your full name how do you say your full name clee because when, <laughs> when it's spelled it's like I I, I I i used to play second row with tom hayes and his t- name is like tom tinker so we always call him tom no but his name is like tom Harla or something. it's a ridiculous name and so we all call him tom but yours is spelled. It's like a very difficult name, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you, but that's all right. It's it's cleaner. It is cleaner. It's cleaner, yeah. And it would be pronounced cleaner. In, in you're not just doing that to be kind to us. No. Because... So I guess the the father on the eye or the accent on the yes. eye, as you would say, uh, just makes it that that middle part a little bit longer. So cleaner. Yeah. Right. But okay. in an English accent, it's cleaner. Cleaner. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we've got Claudia McDonald. Yeah, easy. <laughs> can I call you C-Mag? Yeah, you can what, what, what do you. Do you have... So, so Clee, you're obviously Clee. Yeah, Clee. Uh, nicknames. Oh, your nickname, like nicknames. Yeah. No, God. Uh... Oh, <laughs> let's go for nicknames you can say on air. Uh, I used to be Moonface a lot. <laughs> right. Nice. Because it's just big and round. Okay. Oh. Uh, and I looked like... Yeah, that's the table there. That's Claudia's <laughs> getting excited. C- like, hands going she's everywhere. To, yeah, she's Christ. banging the, the table. C-Mac. Yeah. I like C-Mac. Tell me your C-Mac. Does everyone call you C-Mac? No, I've never been called C-Mac. But I mean, you can introduce it. That's oh, okay. Oh, mate, that's... Te- um, I'd be like, just call me C-Mac. <laughs> um, no, Laurie, one of the Aussies, calls me Macca. Um, right. Which I quite like because I've got two older brothers, so they always stole the last name for, yeah. for nicknames. So it's good day, mate. We've got Macca and Moonface <laughs> on the podcast here today. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not too bad, is it? One of mine's Fat James Haskell, so, uh, yeah. Can you see it? Once you you see it, you can't unsee it, can you? He's Fat Haskell. Clea's now got her hand on her face like that. She's like, oh, God, it is, isn't it? I think it's the beard. Yeah, and the ego. (laughs) Yeah, he is. My favourite subject, me. Ian is a prat, but he's a lovable prat. And that's what we like about Ian. Um, well, should we get into some rugby? Oh, well, do we have to? Well, so Coxie, Coxie said she couldn't be here because she's doing another RFU thing um, and she's obviously being censured because we had a good... If anyone hasn't listened, the last 20 minutes of the last pod where Coxie and I really tear into each other is dead good. Yeah. Just saying. That's episode 24. Yes, episode 25. I heard somewhere that you're in the top 5% of podcasts if you make it to 25 editions, so well done us. I well, heard it was top 2%. Well, you know, like we said, motivational speaker just come out with a figure 2. Yeah. You didn't know it was 5, though, until Chris then ruined it. So I'm going to go top 2. I'm fairly confident it was 5. Okay, fine. You stick with what you want. But then I, I'm, I'm on stats at the moment. I'm reading two books at the moment. I'm reading Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, which is really, really difficult. 
uh, Daniel Kahneman, and then I'm reading the, the Idiot's version, which is um, The Chimp Paradox uh, by Steve Peters. And The Chimp Paradox is basically the simple version of thinking fast and thinking slow. Well, I read a tweet by True my facts. mate Albert Einstein the other day who was tweeting, and he said that most statistics are made up. No, but, but back to the plot. Back to the plot. Kahneman, Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, only 7% okay. of people finish the book because it's really difficult to read. Have you read it? Yeah, and ironically, I haven't finished it. No, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on page like 176, and I'm like, this is so hard to read because yeah. it's so intelligent and it's got really small typewriting. So when you read a page, it takes like a day. Is there an audio book for the more simple of us? <clears throat> no. Uh, no, right. Anyway, no, there's the sorry. chimp paradox, though. Okay, good. <laughs> no, chimp paradox, dead easy. I'm 50 pages in a day. I'm I only do it. orangutans, not chimps. Oh, God, yeah. Sorry, Ian can't say. He can't say Samsung and he can't say orangutan. Say Samsung. Samsung. <laughs> so he says it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's an orangutan. <laughs> yeah, it's not an orangutan. It's an orangutan. We were out once. And he was going on. I was like, Ian, what, the, what are you on about? You absolute lemon. Right. Let's get to some rugby because otherwise Ian and I just talk crap all day. The women went to sail in the rearranged fixture overnight stop and battered them yeah but let's talk about the first trip up there you actually got to sail and they cancelled the game when you were up there oh. and you thought the pitch was playable yeah we, no no the pitch was not playable oh it wasn't right oh my gosh no um but no we we traveled and we we stayed an hour south of sail that night before as well so in the morning we were sort of i think we were talking to sail and they were still saying oh yeah well i think the pitch is still playable um and we were looking at the like the forecast going when it only gets colder so they delayed the kickoff by half an hour we then travelled a further hour up north and we arrived and the pitch was white like it was just frozen it was a frozen pitch we were trying to do our warm up with our like studs just totally on top of the pitch um, but yeah and then Susie pulled us all in and said oh, I've got some bad news it's cancelled which is fun so we had a little dance in the middle of the pitch and off we went back on the bus <laughs> oh I rate that. And no, yeah, but no bus celebration because you've not played a game of rugby. No, and travelling back from Zale is long. Oh, isn't it? And then you don't on even feel good. You don't even no. feel like you can have a McDonald's or something on the way back because you haven't earned it. <laughs> mm. no, there's I'm, an insight to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's an insight to Claudia's dietary routine. <laughs> mate, no, mate, C Mac is shredded. I've seen your Instagram. You are like Shredzilla, six pack, six pack of the universe. That's a fact. <laughs> Sorry, am I, am I, am I being a bit? Am I being a bit of a dweeb there, like Instagram storm? I'm, 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 I'm following you both, and it's like, oh my god, shredded. Chris likes that. I, no, I, no, clear, no, Claudia and I have got quite a lot in common because our I mean, the six pack, no, the six pack um, <laughs> isn't one of them. Our, our first sport, we couldn't quite make it in, so we moved into rugby union. Yeah, yeah uh, I was a football goalkeeper; it didn't quite happen. Oh, wow. I was accepted at um, St Cuthbert's um, College at Durham University, but didn't get the levels. Didn't go. But I feel you know, there's there's a lot between us. So uh, we clearly, like you were Gaelic football, weren't you? Yeah, well, there's not really much rugby in rural Ireland. I'm from like a small place in Galway, and mm. it's much more Gaelic football and stuff down there. Even even men's rugby in Ireland, to be honest, is kind of more of a private school sport, unless yeah. you're in certain areas of Munster and stuff like that. It's the, the yeah. Gaelic football. I've watched wait, wait, wait. Gaelic football. On, it's right. really hard to consume if you don't know what it is. Right, hang on, guys. Right, <laughs> first and foremost, C Mag, stop oh, battering stop the desk. It. She keeps whacking the she's desk. Like, she's, <laughs> done loads of, she's done loads of O2 inside line of mine, but she's not done radio. Stop smashing the desk. <laughs> she's partly French, but, very expressionist. There you go again with your elbow. <laughs> right. Can and you're get, only small. Turns out like, the microphones are really good. Yeah, yeah. Can, can we <laughs> get back everything. on track? Let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. Last weekend against. Sale. Oh, sorry, sale. Yeah, good. Now, oh, yeah. the game was, was, it was a rescheduled, so we didn't get on telly, so I've seen the highlights. And once again, my girl Tessier is playing this amazing rugby where she gets right to the line and then does grubbers or chips, and she did an amazing little chip. Um, Which and then you was, got onto. 
No, it wasn't. Maisie Allen. No, Maisie. She scored the try, but no, you got no, onto no. it first, Maisie, didn't you? Maisie got the chip, and then there was offload, offload. And then um, I thought Marin Dodge was going to score, and she threw an, a world even offload, because I thought she got... She got gassed. Someone caught her, and I thought she's super fast. Yeah, she is super fast. But I think they, the other the other player was quick. Yeah, <laughs> really quick. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Katie Buchanan ended up scoring it. Yeah, it was very corner. very nice. Though I was off on the other wing. Oh wait, right. not a whole lot to be honest. Okay, <laughs> did you? No, so <laughs> did you do a whole lot it that from game? Afar. <laughs> no, but we haven't seen much of that game. So I need you to sort of tell us a bit a bit, a bit more about it because obviously we, we battered them. Was that uh, and and clearly you weren't able to play because of the EQP, which we've already discussed on earlier pods. Which yeah. is a bit of a kick in the bit of a bit annoying, but anyway, we'll find out how that looks for the next half of the round of games. <laughs> so has, has that been frustrating for you because you've been like killing people of late? Like I, 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 I'm I, obviously I'm me and C Mac are like spirit creatures because we're just the same. But <laughs> I, I, I feel a lot more joking aside. I feel a lot more affinity for you because you're just a bulldozer. I mean, you are just smashing girls for fun. Uh, <laughs> that is my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is. It's more frustrating for everyone to be honest. Like there's a lot of players from overseas that have been here probably five six years now, and um, they've contributed to all of the clubs they've been at equally. And I think they've contributed to the game in England. And for them to be now seen as a hindrance rather than a help to the league and its development, it's quite difficult, mm. to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I can see it's got to be frustrating. And, and I do want to talk about this sale game, but I also, need to dig, I also need to dig into this one because you're like a superstar rugby player. You can see when you play, you're very good, you make a difference to a game. And for you not to be allowed to play seems daft. And surely for you to be playing is going to upskill those domestic players around you. Yeah, I think it's it's. I understand why it's why it's happening. I absolutely understand why it's happening, but I think there are other things that could have been done mm. to to have the same result. Maybe it would have taken a little bit longer, but I think this is running before we can walk a little bit. With in some some instances, you know, some people are some clubs are really struggling to find appropriate English players that it's safe to put on the pitch. Yeah, particularly if they're playing a Saris mm-hmm. or you know a Gloucester, Gloucester. and you're putting younger players now in difficult positions where they're not ready to play those games, but to meet criteria, they've been put there. Yeah. And it's hard on them as well as the people who miss out. So, yeah, yeah it's difficult. I think there's another way to do it, whether, what is the best re- way to get those numbers up and going again, I don't just wants to buy- <laughs> Should we, just, should we just have, right, just children in the nursery should just have a moment, right? Everyone, just, just fill your boots, fill your boots, just smash the desk. No, what did I do? Did I bash it again? It's like so, a toddler. Chris and I, sorry, sorry, sorry. Chris and I are, are, are very... Chris and I are very ADHD between us, and you've just completely <laughs> upped and almost outed us there with your like. We, wow. we, we've been using it as like a crutch to get to I've got an ADHD, and yeah. then a C-Max come in, and just, just, new, just a whole new standard, a whole new level in the studio here of things like that. Have we got like a fidget spinner or something we can give it, to, or anything? Maybe an abacus or wow. Okay, so so oh, so we're talking about that. So Sale have already said they're not going to meet their EQPQ uh, criteria. They're going to get Doc five points, which is what it costs, and obviously where we're sat in the league, we don't want to get Doc five points, so we're trying to be good and stick to it, even though it sucks. Mm, yeah, basically, I think if we'd, I think maybe if we'd beaten Gloucester Hartbury or Saracens, um, which we lost to, then perhaps we'd be in a slightly different position where you could be like, okay, well we could, you know, worst case scenario, mm. we lose five points, it's not the end of the world because we've gone and beaten a 
you know, one of those two teams that sits ahead of us. So it kind of levels the playing field back out again. How, how does the playoff work? Is it, is, it, is it just the top two playoff in the end or is it one place four, two place three? Yeah, one place four, two place three. But I've heard, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I've heard that for those playoff games, you have to meet the EQP thing anyway. So you right. have to have 13 English players in your squad for those playoff games. Otherwise, right. your squad is, I guess, not viable to play. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I mean, I guess the whole another situation that we get to if we get and to that, that and point. And, and with because there's obviously yourself, Cleet, and there's um, Emily Tatozzi. So you've got two international hookers in the mix. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't even know what they do for those playoffs. What do you do? You just lose the game, even if you win the semi-final and you don't no, have I, thirteen I, players. I, you I, lose I the think game. C-Mac's got that wrong. I think they're just going to say, right, crack on and play. Well, I think that's what we're hoping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah. That, um, that, you want to play your best players every time, don't you? you? You don't want to have this choice. You want to play your best players. But like you say, you can understand why it's there because otherwise the local talent won't get developed and someone who's got the cash will just buy the team, buy the best players and, and run the team. So, yeah, I think we've got a really good mix at Chiefs, though, with the local girls coming through. And I think the key thing that you said was that are safe to put on the pitch because they don't actually realise that when you're playing these teams, the, the, the level of physicality is very, very different, much like stepping up from Premiership Rugby into international that that's just got that extra two percent but it's very damaging yeah i think yeah i agree um i think it's really tough because we've got some absolutely brilliant young players um that you know are doing fantastic things on the pitch as well and absolutely deserve to be you know pushing into those premiership squads but then you think well what happens when you play a, a tough opposition you put them on the bench and then they actually don't get on the pitch um and then they're starting to, you know, question their own ability. They're starting to doubt themselves. They then missed out on eighty minutes of rugby elsewhere because they've been sat on a bench and then not got on. Oh, don't start! Don't start me on. This is like the academy kids, the, the dual registered lads that are at clubs. It's like go and play for a club and play loads of rugby. You're going to get better playing eighty minutes every week than you are coming off the bench for five minutes. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. And then you're like, well, are they going to be better in? Like you look at Maisie Allen. So she obviously fought her way in when the EQP thing wasn't a case. And her first year, she didn't. She barely got into a squad and and was sort of fighting for a bench position. The next year, because she's learning from people like Kate Zachary and Rachel Johnson. Mm. And then you know, fast forward two years, and she's a like a, a really sure name on any team sheet. Yeah. Um. You know, you think is she a better player because of that? that adversity and a little bit of fight that she had to put in her for those couple of seasons to get on a pitch and now she's in England camps and and smashing international games Um, and you're like well maybe actually she's in a better place having not been gifted opportunities but having had to work for it and learn from you know senior players around her Danielle Priest from my beloved Exmouth where you are coach that's my rugby club Exmouth so uh, you know would she have got the same chances uh, uh, that she's got to play that she's playing without this EQP thing yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, she's like a fabulous player that has so much potential and so much talent. Um, and, you know, is, is definitely going to be a, a brilliant player going forward. But she's 19. Like, she's so I young. Know. She's such a little baby. Mm. Um, and it's so exciting that she's already in, involved in Prem Games. Um, but again, yeah, for her, like, is it is it beneficial for her to be chopping and changing? Like, she, she could have some time with Prem and then go off and play 80 minutes consistently also with the university side that she's a part of. And then that brings up the university side. And then you've got more players developing even further from the uni side because they've got talented players also playing over there. Whereas, you know, if we're then having to name her every week and then she's not getting as much game time... I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in the position of oh. choosing. <laughs> so up in sale, loads of tries scored. And did you score on, uh, in sale? 
Oh no. no! This is the first game you haven't scored, isn't it? Is it? It's yeah. in. It's in Statman. It's in Statman. We Statman I have stolen one of his stats, but I couldn't not bring it up. <laughs> so he's really enjoyed with all the stats he does every week. Another try, another try, another try. C Max on fire. He's even got a song for it. It's like C Max on fire. You're she the is scoring tries. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, and yeah, yeah we're, we're, to, by the way, we're now going to become champions of C Max. We don't get everybody calling yeah. you. C Mac, we failed. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, he had to scrub it off because you didn't score. Oh, that's really sad. You've let yourself down, I you let, let the let side myself. down, you let the family down, you've let the stat man down, more importantly, Dave Church. I'm so sorry, C Mac out. I'm so sorry. Mm, I know, okay. well, I would like to score too, but no, it wasn't the day for me. I don't think it wasn't my best game anyway. So. <laughs> Just in the cold on the wing. Yeah, it oh, was one it of those. It must be really, because I think that, you know, as a winger, you just want to come and find work, because otherwise you just stood out there, aren't you, like in the cold, and you've got to go and hunt for it, hunt for the ball, which you do quite successfully, but it wasn't your day. Uh, it's, it's, it's um, Yeah, it can be pretty boring out there. It's, it's one of those games where you sat there going, maybe I should have stayed as a scrum half, at least I'd be involved. Was that your original, <laughs> were you a nine originally, were you? Um, oh, you double, double international, international scrum half, and then move to wing. Yeah, I, they moved me to scrum half. Um, oh, did, did you start? So you went from wing went, to scrum half. Yeah, so I started. So when I was playing at DMP, so I was up north playing uh, wing fullback, and then um, one of the England coaches came over and gave me a put a ball on the floor and said, "Pass that to me from here." Obviously, I was rubbish, but then he sort of stuck with it and said, "I think we'd like you to be a scrum half." So I moved to scrum half. Played four years at Wasps at scrum half, but then it's admittedly would also play the odd game on the wing. Um, so so even like Austin Healy, maybe yeah, yeah, similar, yeah, you, yeah just, he you did can the same, put, didn't he? Yeah. And I think Nolly Waterman did the same as well in the right. women's game. She was went from scrum, well, she did the opposite, scrum half back to wing. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I think uh, that I just wasn't that good at playing scrum half. If I'm honest. <laughs> Clear, have you played anywhere else? But okay, have you done back row or stuff like that? Do oh, they? only only for like immediate need. Is it? <laughs> After, after doing 55 minutes at hooker, and then we get too many injuries, and I have yeah. to go to the back okay. row oh. against France. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. you did it oh, in international. international? Yes. I've That's done it amazing. Yeah. I nearly blew a gasket. I bet. I was not Isn't, well. it, isn't not, it really difficult? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I love it. I love doing it at club games or, you know, when you're maybe winning and you just need players on the pitch or, you know, not that you'd be writing off club game, but you know what I mean? Doing it in an international game yeah. in France yeah. against France. Wow. And, and and you're moving from a position where there's there's a nutritional challenge to an absolute aerobic challenge. I've, I've always I've always found it amazing when you get a lad that plays in the second row, then another second row comes on and he moves to the flank. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, you wouldn't want to do that. No, you wouldn't want so, to do that. So you're blowing a gasket because you're having your head kicked in scrum time, and then, yeah. oh, now you've got to go on the flank and run around like a loon. Now you've got to go on the flank in and, an international, and in tackle France. the winger off a scrum. Oh, my word. So Chris and I are both... <laughs> like, team. Thanks, coach. Yeah, that's yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Chris and I are both natural eights, really, but we couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> on the, we, we on the two occasions, <laughs> the two occasions I played eight, I ruptured my medial collateral ligament and oh. I broke my leg. So God was looking down every time I played at eight. He sent a thunderbolt, and went, that's what? not happening. Chris. Put that mong in the row. <laughs> true story. <laughs> Absolute true story. I always had aspirations to be there, but didn't. Happen. Right. So um, let's move on to the men. They lost to Saracens forty twenty, um, and it was. I, I felt the rhetoric of the last two games from the Chiefs as I, I thought Rob gave them the freedom to lose at Bayon with his, oh, we'd lost it in the changing room. And all of the conversations were, wow, we've just had 20 blocker games and we just need a rest and recharge. And it, fe- it feels to me like mentally the Chiefs had sort of said, you've, done, you've, you've, you've exceeded expectation, 
just this doesn't really matter. And 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 they tried hard. The endeavour was there, but 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 you you guys know the score. When you're at the top end, you've got to be right on your fingertips. It just felt like they were almost given the freedom to not not care in the last ten minutes, and that's when Saracens ran away with it. Yeah, the last 10 minutes were really tough. And I know a lot of people and all the, the social stuff were calling out Frosty for being really angry and giving away penalties. My thing would say if everybody put the same amount of energy that he did into it, they would have won it and he wouldn't have stood out as being a Norse. Mm. So his energy levels were high because he came on and was angry and everybody else's had dropped off. It, 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 because... it felt like lads were going, it's the end of the road. It was like, it was like when you got a big Christmas social. You got the Christmas social and it's like, we're all going to just chill out now. <laughs> it, just, it, it felt a bit like that. Like they, they put the effort in, but then when it really came to the clutch it was just oh well but Sarries were good they're at the Stonex they've got a great thing there Owen Farrell had no pressure on him completely chilled out relaxed he knows where he's going he's doing this and all of a sudden you could see it in his play he just looked like he was having fun and just being the attritional northerner that he is uh, mm. and then the other guys who've come in for the Six Nations uh, replacements have got to prove their point because they want to hold that shirt afterwards so there are a lot of people trying to do things and prove things against the chief side that had other it, uh, new people come in Guys like Daff, who's thinking, right? I don't want to get injured and back to Captain Wales. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Just it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing. As a twenty-one-year-old, I know it's crazy. Isn't wow. It? Yeah. Um, when I was twenty-one. I was like going to lectures and being a student <laughs> and being an absolute mess of a man. Guess what? Guess what? Chris's degree's in. You'll never guess. You won't. It's a true fact. The philosophy no. of religion. <laughs> no. Is it? No, just philosophy. Just just single honours philosophy. Oh, it was for, just philosophy. Yeah. Oh. Your economics. Did you say so, that on Instagram? Or? No, uh, so, but, but what you've got to do is listen to the Silent Entrepreneur podcast. And what I'm trying to do is, is, is signpost people to that because C-Mac does one hell of an interview there. And it, it's a very personal interview. Check it out. It's a really good bit of radio. So we don't need to, 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 to cover those things because they're already covered. So we can talk about new things and we can create a great new magnum of, of information. <laughs> we talk about qualification. Mine was in business information systems, European economics and European law. Sorry, oh, Bra- Brad's wow. just saying a bit of a note. Did you do a degree in Vimto? <laughs> there, are, there are other soft drinks available. I just happen to have a two-litre bottle of Vimto with me. I, I used to drink it a lot when I was a young man, and then I've rediscovered that my co-op sells it, and I buy it every week religiously because I like it. So you're single-handedly keeping your co-op in... In business. <laughs> in business. Oh, in, in, yeah. in Vimto. Well, what they do is they sometimes have it... They, they, have, they put it on offer every few weeks, and I just buy, like, six bottles, stick them in the cupboard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now you see what I go into with Chris, okay. like that. And I'm so, proud to call this man my friend. So has anybody got anything else on the Chiefs? Because otherwise they've got like no, five just, weeks off. Well, they've got a game against Knethley, haven't they? They have, yeah, yeah. I was just, yeah, it was just a shame, wasn't it, to see such a big result at uh, the beginning of the season and then uh, to finish this big block of games and nothing for a long time on the back of a loss. So I don't know whether that will fuel people or, 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 or you know. Oh, it'll, give, it'll give Baxter and a lot of, of, of ammo to throw at them. Yeah. And it was also, I like to see when the guys come in who aren't getting regular starts that they really, really fire and show off because that's what you want to do. And I can't think of really one of them that, that, that did in, in that last 20 minutes, like you say, when mm. when the score spread out and that was the difference, was that last 20 minutes. The it rest was, of the game was, just, was really It easy. was just the interviews. And, it, 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 you know, I've never played at that level. It's splitting hairs. You are, they're absolutely at their fingertips. It just felt the Chiefs didn't do what they'd done in the previous games and really dig in and fight for those little moments. There was individual errors across the board and I think in a, in a deep subconscious level, oh, we've got time off now. And it just felt like that. 
Yeah. And what and I'm really it, glad it's of... It's frustrating because it's bloody Saracens. I know. It's, it's, it always hurts you. And my mate Simon Greenhill, he listens in. Hi, Simon. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> he's, he's the stadium, he's announcer. stadium announcer for Saracens. Well done. You did very well. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, uh, Three cheers for Saracens. And I'm pleased that Cardixon wasn't mentioned and wasn't a part of the game. He had some quite sort of, you know, low press about his refereeing. And I've said he's a changed man since the World Cup. He's come back and he's been brilliant. And I think he was brilliant in that game. There are a few things he did that were great. And we're not talking about him, which is brilliant news. Okay, well, that's great. Well, on, on to local rugby. Um, Plymouth Albion, uh, they unfortunately had one hell of a game. They went 14-0 up against Darlington Moden Park and ended up losing 17-28 at home, their first loss of the season, which really does push them out in National 1 to be in a bit of a challenge. Devonport beat Chew Valley. We've got an interview in a moment coming up with Dan Gatton, the fly-off from Chew Valley. That's a very interesting game. And we've also got the stat man who's going to be filling in Ian, and that'll be coming up after this message now. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. I'm here with Dan Gatton, fly half from Chew Valley, who just got edged out in the top of the table battle with Devonport. So Dan, do you want to run through it? It sounded like one hell of a game. It was a proper game for the neutral, I think. They came out the blocks pretty early, very well, playing their typical style. They, they, they got a... Good fly off, Rich. He picks very, very well, puts them in the right position. And then that piece, their line out is is a hell of a weapon in fairness. They scored three tries from the drive in all, which, you know, our discipline in the midfield just killed us. They kick the corners. We get too many opportunities. But uh, yeah, they, I think 17 3 just before half. Yeah, I, I saw it was 17 time, I believe. And did, it? Didn't you, and you, you then rallied yeah. and went 17 all? 17 all, yeah. We came right back into it. Um, and, you know, we were buzzing. And then, unfortunately, again, ill-discipline, just too many mistakes, too many, like, we sort of proud ourselves on phase play and we just sort of gave the ball up too easily at key times, unfortunately, which, you know, against good sides, you just kill yourself. But it was, I mean, it was in the mix right to the end because you. it sounded like you, they, they got a penalty, you had an unfortunate sim bin, that's when they got their score and then and then you you, you were battling right to the death. He claimed he was trying to roll away. He looked more like a sleeping policeman on the floor. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, it didn't help us, unfortunately. But we've let him off. We've let him off. Find him, find him plenty. So, um, yeah, it was. we were sort of chasing the game a bit uh, near the end. Our, uh, our centre went goal line dropout straight to their 10, who just slotted a beautiful drop goal in fence of him. So uh, hey, that's what put it beyond the 10 point, uh, beyond two scores. Are you going to be giving him some hassle for that? Because if you do a yeah, drop out, the best he drops, drop it, drops it through your sticks, that's not the best, is it? It, it wasn't the best. But again, um, he's a good lad, Miles. He doesn't usually take the drop out. So our 15, Tom Bryan, who's our usual kicker, unfortunately, uh, his back went very early in the game and so we kicking duties went over to Miles he did a great job all day just had a bit of a bad one there unfortunately right so 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 that's put you've you've dropped to third because Barnstable have got a game in hand and they've gone into the middle of it but if you win your games you go through how does the rest of the season look for Chew have you got have you got yes. any yeah yeah you know um it's the away trips we're letting us down so most away trips are hard in this league we've got to go to Lydney and win uh, we've got Matson, Ivy Bridge is always hard down there, Oakhampton away. They're the main sort of difficult trips left. We sort of pride ourselves on our home form. We've just got to try and turn around this away form, in fairness, if we want to keep the pressure on Devonport, in fairness, because there is a lot of rugby still to be played. Um, 
of course we were gutted, but you know, not a rugby. Who knows what can happen? It's a funny old game, isn't it? And what's the secret of the success? Because Two Valley have sort of rocketed into this league and been an absolute sensation. Is it? What's the story? Just organic growth. We we've invested heavily in coaching over the years. We've been so fortunate. Um, we've had some brilliant coaches over the years, and we've got a thriving junior section. Uh, junior section, which a lot of the boys came through. I, I mean, I'm I'm one of the proper old boys now, but I came through it. We've got founding members still playing of the junior section, still playing first team rugby, and it's you know local boys just playing for the badge really. And like I said, we've yeah three promotion. Well, when I first started playing with Sunset Premier, which is what our twos are now, I believe, top second second in. So, um, yeah, we've um, we've worked hard. We've had some brilliant coaching, and it's just, yeah, it's just great fun playing for the bad with the boys. And have you got any? Have you got right? Last thing, then, any crack? Anyone you want to take, you want to rinse and just take the mick out of? Because we are we do have a bit of oh, on the podcast. There's probably too many to mention. Um, I'll go back to our fullback though, um, Tom Bryan. Say it because he is one of our best players in fairness, if not the best. But he's getting too old. He claimed his back was fine. Within ten minutes, he's on the floor, screaming like a little girl. And then he's like, "No, no, I'm all right, I'm all right." And then he has a horrible kick to the corner, like spoons it in the air. Funny enough, his back's down, and then that's when he has to come off. So um, I think I'll do him for that one. Two locks and a cox from Devon's Radio X. Here we have our weekly stat man. Hi, Dave. Hiya. How are we doing? Oh, well, I, I've just about got over um, the, the the sad loss at the Stonex. So let's fire that up and let's give us some stats from uh, from how miserable the Stonex is for us as Chiefs. Yeah, um, like we said last week, Chiefs uh, going into the game had lost four in a row at the Stonex and conceded between four, uh, th- 40 and 35 points each time. That's now five in a row with uh, conceding between 35 and 40 each time. Um, What is interesting, though, is that that's the 12th time since 2010 that Chiefs have conceded the same score in successive games. Um, And the little uh, the previous time that they'd conceded the same score in in successive games was back in spring of uh, 2022. So a couple of years ago against Leicester and Bath in two successive home games uh, when weirdly Chiefs conceded uh, 22 points in both those games, which of course was their score on Saturday. Um, Elsewhere on on Saturday, uh, Arthur Relton became the 38th player to play either Premiership or Champions Cup rugby for Exeter Chiefs this season. Um, and at the other end of the scale, uh, in terms of appearances, um, we've just come to that block of 16 games in those two competitions. Uh, so Rishi Tuima, Jacques Vermeulen and Harvey Skinner played in every, were in every single squad. Um, Harvey Skinner actually was the only one who started all 16. Um, and they were closely pursued by uh, Pearson, Cairn, Slade and Ben Hammersley, who all missed one of those games. Henry doesn't that really show how Rob gets a team and then sticks to it uh, and how yeah. this, this fresh new faces are, uh, are there and then yeah, it takes six nations or injuries and then in come the new ones. Yeah, exactly. A lot of those ones where they missed one were, were literally an, an, a weak injury or, or in Slade's case, um, England camp. So England camp. Yeah. Cool. 
well not cool but hey you know we, we've got to get to the stone exit at some time haven't we and win but uh having put so many points on them in exeter with a very different team to to what they had then uh, that what we were going to be looking for wasn't it so yeah so the aggregate victory is still there isn't it so. exactly that and uh the women they went up to sail in a in a rearranged fixture uh, it wasn't sort of televised, but there have been bits and highlights and things like that. Some good stats from that. Yeah, so that was their fourth successive win up at Sale. Um, and it's their highest score in the, in the, in the league this season. Um, and they're now, they've now scored 297 points in the PWR uh, so far this season. So hopefully at Bristol at the weekend, they'll, um, they'll get to 300. Um, but there was one stat, we, we talked in the men's that they'd continued their sequence. There was one sequence that was broken on Saturday, uh, Sunday for the women, which is that Claudia McDonald um, had scored in every game she'd played for Exeter this season, but didn't score this weekend. So I don't know if wow. that's pre pop no, yeah, no, I saw unselfishly she could have stepped, but she didn't. She popped the uh, she popped the ball and it went through two sets of hands for Maisie Allen to score in the corner. So uh, she wanted to break your stat. Yeah, people do that. People do that. That's that's what happens to stats. They're there to be broken, really. Brilliant. Okay, so we've got Six Nations. We've got the guys away there. What have, what have we got on the Six Nations? So um, England uh, this weekend are playing Italy. Um, and it's there's a good sign for England, which is the last time they won by less than 10 points against Italy. And of course, they've never lost to Italy. Uh, but even the last time Italy got within 10 points was March 2013. Uh, which was before Jack Knoll made his England debut. It's that long ago. Wow, so, okay. So, and on the subject of Chiefs players making England debuts, uh, we've got two potential England debuts this weekend for uh, for England. Um, now, the last England debut for an extra Chiefs player was Johnny Hill way back in October 2020. Um, and But since then, how many players do you think have made England debuts? 22. About You're about halfway there. The, no. the total is 41 England players since Johnny Hill uh, got cap number 1,414. And not um, one of them has been a chief. And not one of them has been a chief. Um, for comparison, in the 43 before that, uh, we had 10 new uh, caps from extra chiefs. So, um, and that didn't include Jack Noll or, or Tom Johnson, so who were slightly outside of that. So, um, yeah, it, it's been a, a sort of bit of a barren time for new caps for for Exeter, but hopefully we're about to see that change. Let's hope so. So you've got some some weeks off. We've got um, Bristol Bears away for the women this uh, on the third, haven't we? Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, but no men's rugby. I think till the twenty third of March, which seems no insane. Premiership rugby till the till the end of March. But we no. do have the uh, the Premiership Cup semi final at Gloucester um, in a few weeks. So and friendly against Scarlets and yeah. And the bath game so cool brilliant well thanks a lot for that let's hope we get you back next week and we can talk some uh, stats about the italy game and uh, hope we can uh, at least acknowledge one or, or two or maybe three chiefs playing in that game yeah hopefully fingers crossed and we'll see you next week two locks and a cox and that was very interesting from Statman and thanks to Dan Gatton from Chew Valley as well for filling us in on what was an amazing game at um, Devonport, which is, is going a long way to deciding who's going to be making it into National Leagues. But we're now going off the field and it's um, international... Yeah, I always do the... I see you always listen to lots of lots of these coaches, um, which is like C-Max. Sorry, C-Max looking at me like, what was that? <laughs> so we, we do on the field, off the field. So off the field, we're just talking about the Six Nations and 
does everybody believe that basically the Six Nations is going to be decided on Friday night when Ireland play in France? Ooh. Is that is that is that it? Do no, think- no, I'm English. So I refuse to to agree with that. I will be well, watching the, on the flip. The third best team in the world, exactly. supposedly, are playing yeah. the next day. But are they really? But France don't have Dupont, and that's quite big. That is quite big. And do they have Entomac? No, no, no. Not he's not back yet. But, no. but they have got. Is Miafu's injured as well? Isn't he the, the absolute yeti? They brought Hamza back in. But mm. I still think. I still think. I think Andy Farrell's Ireland. If they win in. France, they win the comp. I'm throwing it out there. I'm leaving it to you guys to discuss. Yeah, but you said they were going to win the World Cup, so that didn't did go you? well for you. Yeah, I did. I thought Ireland were going to win the World Cup. Well, you were adamant they weren't. No, they're not big enough. You don't think so? No, they can win those big, big test matches in one-off occasions if they go down and win a series in New Zealand or if they play South Africa. But to back it up again and again and again... Oh, I did the table. <laughs> I did the table. Uh, uh, to back it up again and again and again in a competition like the World Cup, I knew from the start they didn't have the size. Do, do, you, so, cause this is the, do you think this is why RG Snyman's been moved to Leinster then? So they have an absolute monster that can deal with the... the, the, the come on, the Will Skeltons of the world. Yeah, well, that might be money too. There might be a million reasons. No, but if he's in the Irish system and he's being paid by Munster, is it because Munster have already got John Klein, so they've got two non-Irish qualified locks so they need to shift him on, but they want to keep him in the Irish system because it's important to have these massive men? Yeah, it is important to have those massive men, unfortunately. That's where the men's game is at. And Mm. yes, Ireland can win with lovely rugby sometimes, but I think when push comes to shove in a World Cup, Unfortunately, I, n- I never thought that they were going to get past the, the quarter final. <laughs> Which is such a shame because know, we would have loved to have watched Ireland win, wouldn't they? You so know, as, would an Engli- I. as an Englishman, if England oh, can't win, but, but Ireland would be my absolute a, next choice. Watching as a neutral, yeah, their game in New Zealand was one of the best games of rugby you've ever seen. Two teams just absolutely hammer and tongs, 80 minutes, absolute belief, let's go for it. It felt like a World Cup final, didn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. All those games were World Cup finals, though, on a row. They are absolutely incredible. Yeah, but back to my point is Ireland France the campi- the championship decider for the Six Nations I don't know I think the Six Nations will be very exciting it's post World Cup we've got a lot of people missing a lot of big names gone I think from the the launch you could see that there was only one captain still in place that was yeah. the Italian yeah. load of new leadership um, in lots of areas you know load of new leadership at 10 for some of the biggest countries um, and a load of new leadership in general in terms of they're missing their captains I think it could be a very exciting one, probably not one for the purists who want to see mm. <laughs> um, what the countries would normally do, so like how Ireland would normally play or how England would normally play. Yeah. But I think it'll be exciting for those who maybe well, well, don't normally well, have interest you, in the game. You've played 30 international caps, you've played 30 international caps. What's it like when you have sort of changes within the scenery? Because invariably it's, it's, it's not the same that for that period of time things go on. So how do you deal with change at that level? I think um, I think it can always be quite positive. Uh, it opens up new opportunities, and you've got. It depends on how those players take those opportunities. Whether um, you know whether they're there to prove a point, which can't nece- isn't necessarily the best way that you get the performances out of it, um, or whether they're kind of they've earned that. And I think the boys that, that are going to take over from players that are missing have absolutely earned their opportunities. Um, so I think it, it, it's very exciting. I think that's what. I think from my experience when when actually you miss a few players the players that come up they've sort of been waiting in the wings for their opportunity and then it presents themselves and you actually end up having like a, a more open environment um, which can be quite nice what do you think? Yeah. What do you reckon Clay? 
Who's going to win? Well, no, no, I'm, I'm coming back to this point. You've been in an international environment. You've both got lots of caps. What's it, It's not going to be stable for through a period of 30 caps. That's a fair few years. So yeah. so dealing with the change in it, and, and, and you've already said it's going to be quite a changed six nations because only one captain stayed in. There's Dan Bigger's gone, Johnny Sexton's gone, Owen Farrell's gone, so key playmakers have gone. So from your experience of international, how do you deal with change at that level? I am kind of of a similar mindset. I I like it and I embrace it. I think there's a real excitement in me when I play as an unknown entity because anything is possible. But I also like, as a team, as a whole, I think even with Exeter, you'll have seen this at the start of this season, probably fans didn't have a lot of hope for how they were going to play because there was so many losses, so much new blood coming through. But I think they blew people away at the start. And I think there's that opportunity for a lot of teams in the Six Nations this year. It's just kind of who takes it, who you know, who owns their role, who who can be the most exciting, most unpredictable. Mm. That's, I mean, that's what Gatlin's saying. He's he's really excited because everyone thinks Wales are going to get pumped. But with Daffy Jenkins at the fore, I think Wales could. I think Wales, who have they got first up? They've got Scotland, and Scotland don't win in Wales, so that <laughs> they could feasibly win that. And then once you once you've got the momentum in the Six Nations, it's it's tough to stop. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all about momentum anyway, isn't it? I mean, we just were speaking about the men's game, the Chiefs men's game, exactly the same thing. I think um, at Prem level, if you lose the momentum of a singular game for 10 minutes, suddenly a score can look very unfavourably against you. And when you look at a whole tournament like a Six Nations, if you can build momentum very early on, suddenly the tournament becomes a lot easier. Um, Whereas if you're struggling from the very start, it's, it's hard. So go on then. I'll ask it final time is is that game in France the decider for the tournament or are you going to say it could go somewhere else all three of you for me I I don't think it's going to be the decider it never has been is it the, the, the last weekend is always the most important one where you can either win the tournament or one team can go through and grand slam it which is what's happened in the last number of years so I think that whoever wins is obviously going to be in the best state of winning it but it's not necessarily that there's not a banana skin uh, that they go to Scotland away and everyone has a really good game and France well, hey, with Alec McHepburn Scotland are going to be special now <laughs> yeah Alec McHepburn Hepburn, the England international, uh, great Chiefs player, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think that all of these teams, apart from maybe Italy, and Italy have still got a win in them somewhere, um, uh, have got the chance of winning and, uh, and underestimating a side and, uh, and falling over. Okay. Girls, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a be-all and end-all, but I think it's going to be an exciting game. I'm excited to watch it. Okay. And who's um, going to start at 10 for England? Ford or Finn Smith? I'm going Ford. Yeah. But I, I just I actually think he's underestimated as a player. I think he's an excellent player. Um loves I think a spiral can... bomb. <laughs> yeah. He does, he does love a spiral bomb, but you know what who else does? Uh Bowden Barrett and no one else criticizes him for it. Yeah, that's true. Um and he's brilliant at those. So. Yeah, but he's not he's not facing the British media. Our media, our media. <laughs> having having lived three years in New Zealand, then you see the New Zealand media just build them up and love them. The British media like they they just want to knock you over. All, all the time. The time. Oh, all the time. I, I saw, the front, saw the front page of the newspaper yesterday. Marcus Rashford, the front page of the Sun, um, and I don't buy the Sun because I'm for Scouse, but it was in it was in the shops, and it was Rashford on twelve hour tequila booze, and then calls in six sick. And you're thinking, why is that leading a newspaper? That's crazy, it's a isn't it? It's the front page of a newspaper. Yeah. And more importantly, what a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I reckon I've played some of my best rugby after a good boozing session. <laughs> Slightly different when you play Exmouth fourth for 15 years. Yeah, I know. Exmouth's fourth team of rocking and right, rolling. Well, look, tell you what, it is a special edition. Let's go in the bin, special edition, with our two guests. Everyone happy with that? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. 
maybe you could use their full name, see if you can still remember it and get it right. I've got it written down here, Chloe McDonald and Cleena Murph Maloney. Murph. I, I, I keep wanting to say Murphy. 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 I keep wanting to say Murphy. Do you get a lot of Murphy or is that just me being really no. country insensitive? No, I get, I get a lot of Mahoney. Right. Even though there's no H in it. But no, people... I, called you, I called you Murphy the other week and Coxie made me stop. And, and re-record it. Yeah. yeah. True I story. think he, he watched too much Robocop. How would, you, how would you say her name based on the spelling? It's always quite fun to see how people say it. Cleodna Maloney. Yeah, I get that a lot. Or Cleodonna. Cleodonna. I got that Italian restaurant for Cleodonna. And then you go, strike a pose. <laughs> <laughs> no, so let's go origin stories. How have you both found yourselves? Eggs to Chiefs, you're obviously at Wasps, but did Susie Apple be ring you up and have the chat? I, I always like to know about these. The, the, how this takes place. Um, I think we well I approached Susie um, you went to Susie and said can I come to Exeter well we, yeah we both sort of approached her and I think she was actually very shocked of it well we did approach her but she had been like messaging me for a little bit mm-hmm. leading up to that so she got she got my number from some comms thing that I was doing I'm, I asked Giselle who was the head coach of Wasps I said oh can I get Susie's number to find out some information about Chiefs she was like yeah sure gave me her number and then she literally ran up to me about 20 minutes later and went, I've just realised what I've done. I've just given Susie Appleby your number. <laughs> like In like pure panic. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, you have done. And then after that, Susie would message me before like international games, just being like, good luck. Sort of being your friend, but also yeah. just, oh, yeah, just, if, just like if the you have a fancy message. change of scene. Yeah. <laughs> and she would, she, she would send us messages. She'd send us um, photos of like her with her four dogs, because she's got four Labradors down at the beach, being like, this could be you in the southwest. <laughs> oh, is, that how it, is that how it works? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Rumor like has selling it. us the dream of living in Exeter. Rumor has it, she has you in her phone as C-Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> So, so um, you, you've been having the conversations. Yeah, so it's been a little bit back and forth. And obviously, Wasps has gone bust. So you're now. Well, did, um, did, did, did you do? Did you make the, the arrangement before Wasps went bust? Or yeah, we had no idea. Did right. you make um, them go bust? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that much power. Oh. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, no, I was talking to Clee, not you. <laughs> <laughs> she does have that much power. I'm in Susie's phone as the spare. Stop it! Oh. Stop it! It's better than moon Quartz face. plus one. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 did you do the deal? And Harriet Miller Mills came over with wasps as well. Did you do you, you, you the deal for all the wasps guys to come across? Is that how it works? That was all in one room. Went, right, yeah. I, I got us here. Um, no, I think well, I just started talking to Susie and was like, actually, maybe I'm you know keen on a bit of a change here. It was post World Cup. I only had that year. My gosh, this table! I'm so mm. sorry. Um, I'd had that year where I was injured the, the season before, um, and I just wasn't enjoying it. Like obviously, being injured is tough anyway. Uh, I'd spent most of the season out, and I was we spent most of our time when we were living in London trying to get out of London as well. Um, so suddenly, Exeter seemed like quite a nice place to go to, uh, and we liked the way that Chiefs were playing rugby. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think we were both ready for a bit of a change. Uh, we're chatting to Susie. We're chatting to a couple of clubs. Um, and then Susie kind of won it over, but yeah, it was it was a mixture. It's, it's what they do on the pitch, it's what they're offering us, and then it's also just being down extra. It is actually it's a pretty oh, nice lifestyle. place to live, isn't it? Yeah. When I came down here, somebody said it's the graveyard of ambition in two thousand and four, and I took that. Yeah, I took that as the best thing because why would you want to live anywhere else? Like I, ten minutes from the moor, ten minutes from the sea, the city is is big enough that you can do stuff, but you don't get lost in it. Everybody's quite friendly. It's a bit of a village. And so you, you start to, you can you can settle here. Like I've had my kids here. I want to live in Devon forever. I love it. 
Yeah, people are nice down here. Yeah. Oh, so much nicer than. And London. you're coaching in Exmouth, which is great. Which is my hometown. I live there, and that's the and that's a great place. And the beach. Yeah, I love it over there. We've um, we where we live, we've got well, the people we live with have a dog. Um, so we bring Tango. He's a little Labrador. So we bring him down to the beach with us, and he runs around. And and I coach at the club. But yeah, I absolutely love it down there. To be honest, like the team that I'm coaching, I teach the. I coach the senior women's team and they're fabulous like they just absolutely love it um, do you play against the Sidmouth team because Gabby Cantona a fan of the pod friend of the pod my mate Gabs um, do you play against each other are you like, are you like NFL coaches either side of the pitch like <laughs> staring at each other like slamming your books down and what have you you know I actually saw a picture of um, Gabby coaching the other day and she's like full face of makeup hair looking lovely yeah. she's got jeans on nice little gilet she looked she looked lovely she looked like a football manager yeah, I saw you, yeah. one of you looking like a homeless yeah <laughs> Exactly, that's me. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realise that was an option. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe but, I need but, to make more, make no, more of Gab's, an effort. Gab's part of the Gucci gang, that's just how she's got to be, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think she'd be seen dead in what I was wearing. <laughs> oh, I just had every layer on I owned. I was like, I'm not getting cold here. I had, like, every layer on. But um... That's what abs get you. Should, like, I've got flabs and I don't feel the cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's a triple G as well. Denston is ridiculous. <laughs> he, he goes like that in any weather. It's really peculiar. I did think it was summer when I arrived. I thought Just I was dressed over, but no. <laughs> uh, well, another thing I want to address that's got nothing to do with rugby is clear your 30th birthday, you had like a Braveheart-themed beach party. Viking-themed Viking, right, beach okay. party on Exmouth Beach. That was, I, I think that was probably my favourite thing that I've ever done. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so we, um, I do like watching Vikings, as in the series. Yep. It's on Netflix, I think. Um, and we've watched loads of other kind of spin-offs of Vikings and I've always enjoyed it I've always thought of myself as a descended Viking in Ireland right okay um, that might be weird but that no, is no that's fine that I, just... I often refer to my inner Viking yes <laughs> um, and Claude said what do you want to do for your 30th birthday and I was like I want to dress up as a Viking and go to the beach and have a fire at my friends she was mm. like right Got so much time for that. So then we got really into it, and didn't uh, someone cover their eye with like make- makeup and everything? So anyone who's watched the Vikings series right. will know of. The... My, my, my wife watches it on her own. I'm not yeah. allowed to watch the Vikings with her. There's a lot of very good-looking men in it. Oh, I know. Be, yeah. I, I get the feeling that it's like Chris. I'm going to go and watch Vikings on my own. Like, All right. There's a lot of good-looking women too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I wouldn't know. Um, but there's a the god is called the Seer, right. and they're they've got one eye that's been gouged out by a raven or yeah. something and they look awful and to tell your fortunes they lick your hand so tricky good friend of mine who we live with um, <laughs> just spent the whole day licking hands yeah she's, she's Irish she's Irish she's crazy she, is she a player? yeah she is Edel McMahon right otherwise known yes. as Tricky or right. the Seer right okay so she made this costume she got fake putty for her face and everything she covered it all in oh that is amazing and we walked me and her walked from Exmouth train station because Claude was with everyone else setting yeah. up the party on the beach mm-hmm. she was dressed as a Seer and I had full on Viking rig that we had Handmade, right? From so, like so old leather so jackets. Just a pair of you are walking along at yeah. the seafront, you know with what? one eye. There was no children one, crying. No one would have blinked an eye normally because no Exmouth is the house. Uh, is the, the the town of fancy dress. It's known for that. Yeah, well, it's crazy fancy no, no, dress. No, I've so. never I've never heard of Vikings. I, I mean, no. Ian's right. I did a social once when I, when I retired. I played for Exmouth and we had a social, and they dressed me up as Mother Christmas or a little mini skirt and boob tube. <laughs> and we walked into a bar and everyone sort of looked at us and then carried on drinking and I was like oh we're edgy and that. no you're not I, I, I was there I threw up in my pint but that's a different story oh, yeah, so, you, so back to the plot you walk along the seafront yeah and- we're walking along and there was so many people like taking pictures of us children crying running into their parents <laughs> arms because Tricky had Tricky had one eye one eye and yeah. black lipstick all around her face yeah. and she did look awful she looked like a horror 
a horror <laughs> picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got down and we had loads of fun. The, the people that we live with, Joe and Lawrence, who I guess host us, you could mm-hmm. say in another way. Um, we live in their annex. They got fully, fully into it as well. They made their costumes. A um, couple of their friends that like... <laughs> friends and colleagues that they know because they live here were walking by and they were like wait that's that's Joe I work with Joe she's dressed as a Viking warrior down on the beach <laughs> and they came down and took pictures as well it was just, it was it was a lot of fun Mate, right, so, so one thing I want to just go back to though and it's got nothing to do with anything Joe and Lawrence are, are these people that have sort of adopted you as a, as a team and are like helping ingratiate you into the region so they would normally they normally run I think uh, part of their houses in Airbnb and then right. they just we took a long term let off them yeah. but um, yeah we live with them uh, we live in their little annex yeah. um, we get on with them really really well they're lovely people I think they've probably got some grown up children that they didn't expect that they were going to have yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. arrangement no, but, but, but it's like, it's like oh. cultural attaches they're like helping ingratiate you into because Devon is a, there is a there isn't a fifth gear we're all a bit slower down here it's, it's a bit <laughs> friendlier everyone's got a bit of time for everyone it takes a bit of getting used to, especially if you're in the big smoke. Yeah, and that, my question is, how are you going to top this for your 40th? I know it's a long time away for you, but you've just got to do the next thing. And I love how a party starts and then it gets more and more crazy. My 40th, I had a roller disco and it ended up in the Exmouth Pavilion. It ended up as a superhero roller disco and everyone <laughs> dressed in superheroes, amazing outfits and all sorts. And I'm 50 this year and I don't know how I'm going to top it. So Viking what, what party on the beach, Ian. Yes. I'll go as the seer. You gotta sit there. Tricky would sit there with her hands out like this, and she'd be like, (laughs) "We'd play this music on this speaker," and she'd be like, "The gods have spoken," (laughs) and then she'd be like, "Maisie Allen, you must jump across the fire." (laughs) Oh, this is brilliant! (laughs) And then Maisie would literally like jump over because we had this like fire pit in the middle, and she'd then jump over the fire, and we'd be like. Hey, this is. Did did most of the team turn out? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And we actually played. it was on the same weekend that we played Wasps yeah. that day, and that was one of their last games ever because they right. knew they were, they knew yeah. that obviously the club had folded yeah, and they were yeah. going to go and they weren't going to be in the Premiership anymore. So loads of my old friends were there because oh, they were. So, so you actually left. Sorry, so I'm taking. So you left Wasps before. I thought you came because Wasps had gone bust. So you left. You chose to come to Exeter. Yeah, we chose. Get on. <laughs> That's why I told them they made them go bankrupt. Yeah, that makes it more authentic. <laughs> so, so, so the Wasps girls are down as well. So some of them joined as well. Yeah, as yeah. Vikings. Brilliant. I reckon there was about forty of us. Can yeah. you license? You should license Vikings. this out. You should license the idea of Vikings out and sell Viking rig that you've made and stuff <laughs> well, like that. For to answer your question about the fortieth, I think the next step would be to start on Exmouth Beach. And, and there's, there's, yeah, there's some supplies there. There's some logs and some barrels. You have to build a raft and you have to get to the turf locks. Oh, and wow. that's where the party is. Have you been to the <laughs> turf oh, locks? Mate, my mates, my mates, the, the it's our friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we can sort that out. Oh my gosh. Clee wanted to do that this time. And I was like, no. Because what's going to happen is you're going to be at the turf locks having loads of beers and having a lovely time. And I'm going to be flipping, going back and forth, trying to get people to your flipping party. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ian, Ian is son of Poseidon. He, I'm, I'm keen to do some swimming across that sort of that stretch, but the, the, the river's quite dangerous, isn't it? No, it's fine. Just do that 20 minutes, we'll be fine. Do you reckon? Yeah, I'd be all right. I swam 10k down the River Dart recently. Just easy. I'm, I'm Intentionally? Faf- yeah, or did yeah, you just yeah. fall in? I'm a fathlete. A no, fathlete. What, what happened was the, uh, the Save the Whales came along and like tied a rope round him and tried to drag him into the open ocean. <laughs> so <laughs> We'll save you! Where you were is actually 800 metres from my house in Exmouth where I live on the beach and when I was there in the summer I have to get worried that I'm either going to get rolled back in. You know, there are going to be people come down with buckets. We've got to keep him wet as <laughs> whale gets out of the sea or I get harpooned. So, yeah. Great, but that that goes a long way to show why you are so tight as a team. Because if you, yes. if you if you go into that sort of level, 
when you do a social, if everyone buys in and properly goes for it, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we made our own shields. We made and painted our own shields. Bin and lids? cut them out from... No. We got a load of MDF from B&Q and oh, like, we wow. cut them out with a circular saw and everything. We were prepping this for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even better, though, doesn't it? And you're there and you know you've got the rig. Yeah. We, look, we looked pretty cool, I won't lie. Oh, did <laughs> you? I mean, I, I sounded a bit sinister earlier, but check the Instagram out. It's Ace. Rigzilla. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'm looking at the time. Have we got any other business or are we going to call it a pod? Any, any other business? Anything else you'd like to make announcements for, guys? Anything from you guys? No, all good. I think, I we, think we, all we, good, yeah. We've, so we, we, we've gone through the women's game, the men's game. Have you, have you got a game this weekend? Yes, Bristol. Yes. Oh. Bristol away. Bristol away. It's going to be how, a tough one. Uh, that's Abby Ward's team, isn't it? It so is Abby Ward's team. And she's come back from having a baby and she's still looking pretty decent yeah, she, yeah. yeah and she was back in England camp this last this last how month was, so how was, yeah, really well. that's what I want to do how was England camp for you going back because you're now like the elder statesman of the Chiefs you're like looking after all you've got all, all your young girls coming through like come on girls I'll show you how it is yeah and I feel old <laughs> isn't it weird we just had a discussion uh, off air that I wrote my dissertation the year you were born it was yeah. like, like oh you old dinosaur <laughs> and then now you're in an England camp and you feel old I know it's upsetting <laughs> I felt old ever since I joined in though because I joined at 22 and every, when I joined everybody was 19 like, like all the new people were like 19 yeah. um, and I was put in we used to split in the backs oldies and youngies and I, I've been in the old group the ever since ever since I joined England Cup that's not fair right. 22 I shouldn't be old but no 28 am I 28? I am 28 mm-hmm. now I feel really old yeah. Um, because yeah all the all the young chiefs are coming in but it was really cool I mean other than the fact we had to have fitness test which was miserable Broncos um, no 1200 so just let's just run 12, 12, 100 meters back and forth. Right. Um, oh, yeah. That's horrible. Unless you're Ellie Kildun, who is yeah. um, we like to call Ellie Farah. Uh, Ellie Farah. <laughs> oh, okay. She, just loves running. As, that as was, fit yeah, that as was, Mo Farah. Yeah. No, no, I was running. <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark Fatiolofi used to call himself Kip Danui, but that was a more ironic thing because he did he did a three k and he was like twenty eight minutes. <laughs> he did it in his sandals. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just my own thing. Oh. Oh, but that's hey. a scientific fitness test, wasn't it? I, I remember but the, the great Bob Armstrong used to do the one where you'd start one end and run to the 22 and back and then run to the halfway line back and we'd go through those sets and at the end of that, you're like, yeah, you want to throw up. Yeah, it's horrible. 12 lots of 100 metres. I mean, that's a whole oh, pitch. No, what, who even does that? The, the, I don't know, whoever is running 1,200 metres continuously. Or even 100 metres continuously. That, <laughs> was, that, was that the one where Maisie Allen looked like she was going like she was actually crying and having a cuddle? Yeah, she was. Like it was yeah, but I did, putting I, a proper emotion left in. Yeah, but I think she got the fastest of all the forwards. So well, she did. Machine, she though, did, she? And probably, I think she probably got like fourth best in the whole squad. Right. So where were you? Very fit. Second best. No, after that. Stop <laughs> it. I, think, I don't know. Do you get a dispensation now you're fourth, old? Fourth out of the... Yeah, I should do, An right? elderly dispensation. Do I get beaten by people younger than me? Uh, I did, yeah, because Ellie's younger. And Roly. Oh, and Abby Dow. They right. came first, second and third, I think. Okay. But you, but you're in the mix, and you just, you just say, look, just give me the, the next ball. One, I'm the goat. Just give me the ball. I'll score. That's all you need to worry about. To Let that. me run quick. Or as the commentary did, there's Claudia McDonald just doing Claudia McDonald things. <laughs> <laughs> Standing on the wing doing nothing. No, <laughs> you were scoring from a try. One, I'm going to get you a t-shirt made up and say, call me C-Mac. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to lift a shirt. Just call me c There's C-Mac doing C-Mac things. You, you have to refer to yourself in the third person. C- C-Mac. C-Mac's hungry. <laughs> no, that genuinely was in. The, it was on the commentary the other week in one oh of the games. Goodness. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we've done it in the camp. Anything else? I'm trying to close this pod down. We're, we're going over the hour, which always makes it difficult. Are we, is everybody happy? All yeah. good. Any messages or anything? We're good. No, all good. Claude, you good? C Mac. All good. C Mac's good. 
I'm always good. <laughs> this has been Two Locks, No Cocks with our very special guests. We're signing out episode 25. We'll see you at episode 26 next week. Do subscribe on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Locks and a Cocks. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the Friendly Against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk.